Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Brandon. I'm your co-host, Ian. And I'm your editor, Camden. This podcast was created to provide you, our heroes, with new and reusable material for both players and DMs. We hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. Our show may not be suitable for young children, but neither are our D&D games. No. That's true. Very. Never fucking ever. Our show is brought to you by our very generous Patreon donors. And actually, one of our uh, silver tier members, Savret, just became a gold tier. Thank you so much for your support, uh, Savret, and all of our patrons. You guys uh, help keep the show going. You allow us to get really cool things like this bitchin'-ass wall thing. What even is this? Tapestry. This tapestry looks amazing with this beautiful logo and everything. Look at how sexy that is. And it feels like heaven. It feels, yeah, it's super soft. Anyways, oh. um, if you don't know, Patreon is a membership platform for creators to build relationships with their most loyal of fans, known as patrons. It is a tier-based reward system that allows you to support your favorite creators for as little as $1 a month. So, if you think our show is worth at least $1 a month, please uh, head on over to CritAcademy.com and click on our Patreon link, or go to Patreon.com slash CritAcademy, and, and definitely check us out. Um, your support really helps keep the show going, helps us get, uh, keeps our equipment mostly kind of functional. In exchange, you are offered exclusive content based on each tier you select. Lots of them. Like, you get the private Discord channel. You get the live stream. You get the custom tokens. But wait, there's more. Yeah. I do commissions for people. <laughs> All right. Uh, you get to join our live stream. Um, so lots of good stuff like that. So Patreon is a way for you to support us. Um, if you can't afford uh, to become a patron or it's too much, just liking and uh, liking our page, sharing our posts, um, following us on YouTube, and giving us a review on iTunes are great ways to help. Brandon, you mentioned uh, commissions. One of the rewards is monthly. You give away a commission. I just saw your beautiful art. Did you guys see the tokens? How nice they looked. Yeah, Great the, job. The first time I did the overhead view of uh, monster tokens. Yeah. We're going to you... be holding a... Survey. A poll. Survey. Yeah, I guess it's kind of the same thing. For the patrons to see what it's kind exactly they want. exactly the same thing. Because the first tokens I made were just little round ones with the faces on them. I like those ones. And the next ones I made were the overhead ones. Which I like those ones, too. <laughs> They're going to figure out what everyone wants. I'm just going to stick to those. And he, you take commissions. You can find links at our Facebook page and some samples of his art. So... For, what, $20 and a lot down, right? Yep. It's amazing. With all the housekeeping out of the way, we want to thank you for joining us today here at Crit Academy Studios, where everything's made up and your roles don't matter. Yep, that's right. Your roles are like an undiscovered Wizards of the Coast Easter egg. Yeah. Um, I'll take my heart boiled. Yeah, I'll be honest. Um, so our, uh, our main topic today is all about uh, so the Easter eggs and like the spell components. And this is something that I was... I was Oblivious? Yeah, uh, until just like... Of a week or so ago, or two weeks ago, or whatever it was, and really, yeah, I never wow. noticed. I, but also, I'm slow, so. But at least you admit it. Yeah, it's true. I didn't notice at all, but that's because we never use components to do our spells. <laughs> Be uh, why? Because we're smart and use arcane focuses. Camden, did you? Were you aware of these? As far as like material components for spells, no. The disclaimers in the books, yes. Okay, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about those too, which is exciting. So. Every episode, we like to start the show off on a high note, and we do that by giving away fat loots. This week's fat loot is brought to us by Goblin Stone. Each episode, we will draw one lucky subscriber's name, and they will win the five-star rated adventure, Banquet of the Damned, compliments of Goblin Stone. Goblin Stone is a community project for D&D fans based out of the UK. 
They aim to be a place where you can team up with professionals to turn your ideas into high-quality products and give every fan a chance to get published. Be sure to head over to www.goblinstone.com or you can check out our fellowship link on our website, www.critacademy.com. Today's winner is KBeard009. Congratulations to KBeard009. Uh, if you'd like the adventure, please uh, let Goblin Stone know, leave him a review, tell him what you like, what you didn't like, all that jazz. Interesting fact, that guy signed up like a day ago. Lucky SOB. Yeah. God. We've got a question from Justin. Okay. Our main topic is the Easter eggs okay. in the book. Okay. Then we have okay. our Let's mm-hmm. Talk About Blank segment. But before all that, we have In the Realm. Camden, what's going on in your realm? I, uh, I worked a music festival here in the great city of Chicago this past weekend. I got sunburnt as hell. Oh, um, poor baby. Yeah, but the weekend before that, uh, in D&D world, uh, I had a bunch of college friends over. I had about a dozen of my buddies from college over to our apartment here, and we just had 36 hours of straight D&D. We got like, nice. five, we got like five campaigns done, including some really cool one-shots. Yeah, it was wonderful. That'd be that awesome sounds weekend. awesome, and it sounds exhausting. Now, I think I had asked you about it. Um, you guys alternated DMs, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, I ended up doing two games. I ended up running two games, one of which I co-ran with uh, my roommate. His name is Sam. And we had this really cool, we had this really cool one-shot divvied up where we had a plan to actually like force split the party when it came down to it. Okay. Um, and at which point we took them to separate tables and I ran one table and he ran another table and then we brought them back together later in the campaign. That's pretty amazing. That's an awesome it's, idea. I, I yeah, didn't know you were cool. near dead after I ran that one, one shot that went uh, over six hours. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Not my, I'm, too, I'm too old for that shit. Um, I actually did something similar and I think it might have come up on the show at least once um, where um, we had two different groups going on um, and... One group was like in a forest defending like some against some giant constructs or whatever, and the other group was the one taking out like the the mage tower that was controlling it or whatever. And the one group could see the mage tower collapsing that the other group had did. So that is a lot of fun. It's very difficult to pull off. So kudos to you and your and your team there uh, for doing that because being coordinated like that's not easy. So. My, my guys derailed almost all of it. <laughs> that sounds like a D and D game. Yeah. All right. Brandon, what's going on in your realm? Uh, not too much. I came over here, stayed up late, did the tokens. Too sorry. I don't know if I... Yeah, I wasn't even home. It was weird. Just... I don't know if I told you guys last week, but I assumed uh, I assumed that my job was uh, casting, casting iron into molds and such. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you guys that yet, what it really is? No. It's axle burning. That sounds cool. Out of context? No idea what you're talking about. Like, is that the same thing as, like, burning rubber with the car? You're spinning the axles really fast? and They make axles for Chrysler and GM. Cool. It's, it's what I did at next year for the first year and a half. Nice. That's weird. And it starts at 1226, where it said that once you get in, if you have any prior background into what you've done mm-hmm. that might fold into this, you can get a raise. Wonderful. Nice. Awesome. So I'm hoping I end up getting, like, 15 an hour within the first month. That'd be great. That would be awesome. Ian? Yes? What's going on in your realm? Actually, I had quite a bit happened this past weekend. That's really interesting. Indeed. I actually met up with some of my online friends in person in South Bend, Indiana, because that was like the most central part. Like, uh, 
Two of us were from Michigan. Two were from Kentucky. One was from Wisconsin. Although there seems to be a... Do they all talk like this? No. Oh. Sad face. <laughs> Although there does seem to be a curse though, involving vehicles, which I luckily seem to have dodged. The other person from Michigan, she didn't even make it because her car actually broke down on the way over. And the last message we, we heard from her was, uh, oh man, my car broke down. So I'm rednecks looking at it right now. Then we heard nothing from her for about four or five hours. Okay. To, that was just because her phone died. Oh. Even though we were worried that that said oh, redneck like, kidnapped her and stuff, threw into the basement <laughs> and killed her. <laughs> <laughs> I love that everyone goes that, hey, this guy stopped to help me. I'm going to assume he's a crazy son of a bitch that wants to put a hatchet in my skull. Smash, smash, smash. Like I said, to be fair, good Samaritan? to be fair, that was the last thing we heard from her for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the guy, guy's car broke down after he left. <laughs> You know, I've stopped and helped people. I wonder if they tell stories. All right, look, this guy stopped to help me. He's a little pudgy fat guy. Um, looks kind of <laughs> creepy. So if you don't hear back from me in like a half hour, call the cops. <laughs> Man, now I don't want to stop and help nobody anymore. <laughs> All right. Uh, Very cool. And that was kind of just my weekend. So, Justin, uh, what is going on in your rooms? Um, a whole lot. Uh, mostly just uh, I'm going on vacation. Neat. Uh, as of this recording. Uh, I am going on my ninth anniversary. Like a SOB. Uh, going to the family beach house out on Emerald Isle uh, in North Carolina, so I'm super stoked. Lucky SOB. Uh, for our patrons, that means there will not be an episode recorded this uh, a live stream this upcoming week. The goodness is there's still two episodes ahead after that. Yes. Um, so uh, just so you guys are aware, there won't be a stream next week. Uh, it occurs to me uh, that I went and looked at the thing and I got to update it. I, I set the calendar, but I didn't actually update the post. So I got to go in and do that. So the calendar will be updated, uh, today or tomorrow yeah. too on the website. Um, but I'm super stoked for that. Uh, nine years of marriage. I am happily married to an empress. Um, she's at my world and because she's awesome, I can do crazy shit like a show about D and D cause I don't talk enough about D and D apparently near before Zod. That's that's the big thing going on my uh, in my life, and I'm super excited, and I can't wait to see my wife in a bikini again. It's been a while. I can't wait to go to the ocean <laughs> and uh, go swimming in the water and with all the sharks and jellyfish and the other things that can hurt you. So, yeah, it'll be really great. I'm really excited, so we'll see how it goes. That is uh, what's going on in my realm. Camden, if they like to visit other realms, how can they do that? Why? They can do so at Audible. They can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial by visiting us at critacademy.com and clicking on the Audible banner. A free trial? That sounded sexy as hell. God damn it, dude. Thank you, Camden. Yeah, definitely uh, check it out. I've almost done with Oathbringer, um, and I've already re-downloaded uh, Aragon, so I'm going to listen to that on my 14-hour-plus trip to North Carolina. And hopefully my wife will listen to it and then get hooked, and then I'll ease her into D&D. <laughs> A pro tip for students, anyone still in school, especially if um, you're in like a literature class, anything that involves novels, a lot of those novels are available on Audible, especially um, newer stuff. Um, and it's a great way for like passive listening and studying. I It saved me in my last semester of undergrad. That's awesome. Yeah. If you're, if you're like, if you're more of a listener than like an actual reader, because I'm a really slow actual visual reader. So it, it helps to listen. Yeah, me it's, too. Totally not for everybody, but for the people it is for, it's awesome. Now on to our Let's Talk About Blank segment, where we hear questions and feedback from all of you there in Crit Nation. Camden, do you want to take that? Uh, yes, of course. Because your voice is so uh, much sexier than mine, and I just want to listen to you talk. Is that weird? Yes. <laughs> this, uh, this one comes from listener Justin Dameron. Uh, I'd like some guidance. Of course, Justin, we'd be happy to offer you some guidance. 
I'm running a game and I asked my players after the last session if they were enjoying the game and if they had some constructive feedback. Everyone said they were loving it, but have no idea what their overall goal is for the campaign. I've written a story about a bad guy. They all know, but don't know why. And up until now, they've been unintentionally following along behind him, writing his wrongs. I have never said Gorm is your BBEG. Gorm, I'm assuming, is the BBEG. Would I be big. obvious and make it clear that this is the BBEG? He is the father of two of the characters and is basically a hero of the third character. But the pursuit of knowledge has led him to try to live forever at all costs. They'll figure what it out. I do. We just talked about having good twists. Yes. Um, yeah. Before we, before we give our feedback, uh, Camden, how do you want to respond? Oh, and for those of you that don't know, the BBEG is the big bad enemy guy. I know Correct. that sounds stupid, but I didn't know that until recently. So, or, I, I or knew big that. bad evil guy. I knew that BB oh, was that big guy bad. Too. All right, uh, Camden, do you have any responses to this? Keep leading them on. The longer it goes, the harder he's going to fall, and the more gravity that reveal is going to have. I like it. Um, here's my thoughts on this. First of all, you've got two amazing op- uh, opportunities in here. One, two of the people are, it's its father, right? Is it, their father? That's going to be a huge reveal. So if I was running this, how much do the players know about the father? Is it just something that's written in their backstory? If that's the case, then there should be some sort of vignette or something or cutscene or something that a different campaign, uh, a different setting in a session that takes place in the past where that person is very relevant, either to the two characters or if you can find a way to make all the characters uh, involved so they can build a, a working knowledge of that character. Because it's easy to say, hey, my father did this and it's in my backstory. But for the DM to pull that out and then say, hey, we're going to run a one-shot. Here's the characters you're running. This is my character, but like at level one. It's like, yeah, I know. We're just, just, just go with it. And come to find out that you go on this adventure or you run into this, 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 this massacre or this major event that helped push your character to become a hero or uh, that is the reason your, your dad disappeared. You can use that as an opportunity to build the big bad enemy guy as a good personality. Right to show the players that he is a good person, that he's a kind person, that he has uh, great motivations. And then when they finally run into him as the big bad, they're going to say, I would hope that they would respond, you used to be like this, what happened? Right, Because they're obviously probably not going to understand why he's uh, chasing this power down, right? Unless they ask him. It would depend on the players. For me, it would be fine that you're just figuring that out. We're slaughtering it, says New York Cater. For me, um... It really would have to be about building it up. This other one is a hero to the character, the third character. Why is this character a hero? Do you start the, vin- the vignette or the cutscene from that point? I'm not going to lie, totally picturing, oh my gosh, it is Gorm! You're my hero! I'm going to rip you in half now. That's totally something Gorm Oh god. Um, in my opinion, uh, the point of this should be to build up the character's personality outside of the the ending impact if they already have that if they already know the person's personality then feeding them clues session by session that are very subtle that they are if the if the players can figure it out lead up to this um this climax and this big reveal of holy shit the big bad is my dad are they going to have enough attachment to him to give a damn i would hope so 
And then the other thing you have to concern, uh, consider is why is he in such a big pursuit of knowledge? This would be a really great opportunity if you're the DM to say, okay, he was a good person. What would make him go bad? His wife. So like Zarkon in the new Voltron reboot? I haven't watched it yet. So What? No, I haven't. Um, so, for instance, in, in the crappy Batman and Robin movie, Mr. Freeze, spoiler alert, isn't start off as a bad guy. Chill out, man. You're stealing my, stealing my puns. Um, instead, what is, happens is his wife is dying and he's trying to find a cure. So he's seeking out that knowledge. And that sort of knowledge could push a good person to be bad. It kind of uh, has a good intention on, on ice. If you want to tie this all together, I'd say, in my opinion, the best bet would be go back and do like a vignette involving that character. Wow. And making that character seem real. And then find decide why you want that character to become bad. And honestly, this is a good opportunity to make what their bad decisions. I, would, uh, I think in this one, I assume he's trying to become a lich. So if he's trying to become a lich, there or needs a, to be something very powerful emotionally pushing that. Or a god. I'll give you an example of what not to do. And it's going to be kind of a convoluted story. But I went, to, I went to grade school with this girl who ended up being like a... B-list actress. She ended up on a Netflix show and stuff. One of her first big breaks was she ended up being the killer on an episode of Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool, you know, to see her on the small screen and stuff. But the writing for her character was super lazy. She ends up being the murderer, and the last line of the show, um, Olivia Benson is interrogating her character, the killer, and goes, "Why'd you do it?" and her character goes, why not? And that's the fucking end of the fucking TV episode. That's a terrible ending. <laughs> There's no, her character Her character just doesn't have any depth. It's like, oh, okay, she's a crazy and that's it. So don't do that. Definitely do exactly what Justin said. Give it some depth. Do do some kind of digging in the backstories of your characters. Yeah, and, and actually, uh, I visit, uh, Tate mentions, you know, uh, asking asking the, the players more about their backstory, more about that that. Uh, that character can help you flush out those uh, uh, motivations as well. And, of course, reference our villain episode with myself and Ryan because that has a lot of the answers you, you want for something like this. But, once again, I think this would be best if the players don't know that that's what you're doing. So the longer you can keep it from them, the better I think it'll be. Even if you do a, like a vignette or something in the back to build it, um, use it as an excuse to learn more about their character's history as opposed to saying, I need to know more about the villain, so I'm going to put him in there, you know? What I think would be fun was that this is a scene I got from The Fifth Element. Love The Fifth Element. Yeah. Go see The Fifth Element, okay, if you haven't? If you haven't seen The Fifth Element, then. Green? Where have you been? Are you green? Super green? Super green! <laughs> what kind of green? Oh, Iconic. emerald green, whatever green you want. Uh, oh, it was um, do a one-shot where they play completely different characters, and... Uh, Edward Tate says, uh, set up Easter eggs uh, in the story uh, for them to kind of figure out as they go. Slowly. Yeah. In a one-shot. That's good. Yeah. Good idea. But in a one-shot, have them play different characters that are in this town. They're not heroes. They're, they're just sitting around, maybe just level one characters. And the village is attacked for whatever reason by Gorm. Now, we don't tell anybody that it's Gorm. We don't say who the bad, bad guy is. Ooh. And I at like the very going. end, when... All the party is dead. Make sure they die. When all the party's dead, you got the one last survivor who takes out a quill and paper and roughly starts sketching out the person that's caused all this before he dies. That way, in the next uh, game of the campaign, when they come into this town, this is the town that they just played in. And when they want to through the people and they find this drawing, it's a drawing of their father. 
They're like, uh. So their player, the players will know what happened, but the characters won't. Ouch. Ooh, well, the wrong group. That could unfortunately lead to metagaming. <laughs> yeah, but I think sometimes a little metagame is not bad. Well, I did say with the wrong group. Yeah. So you sh- I think it's a good idea, Brandon. I like Tate's It's definitely a neat idea. idea. What do you say? Uh, the Easter egg idea. Yeah. yeah that one's neat. Um, all right. Great. So the uh, anything else to, uh, to to answer Justin Dameron's question? I respond to this, and I'm pretty sure in the answers I just gave him is not what I wrote out when I sent it to him. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey. <laughs> uh, I, I am a meat popsicle. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for our Let's Talk About Blank segment. That was if that was the bread of our Crit Academy sandwich. We're about to move on to the meat. Green eggs the main shut up. The main topic. <laughs> uh, I couldn't come up with a really good like catchy like title. So we've got the Wizards of the Coast spell component in Easter eggs. Um, we briefly talked about it uh, when we when we started the episode. There's a lot of things that Watsi does when they build their their worlds, and it's the little subtle jabs I think that really makes the. Um, world seem whole but there's a lot that they do as a jet uh that's subtle that's for us as the player that's outside of the world that's supposed to be a nudge and kind of a reminder of things that happen whether it's a straight out easter egg um relating to some sort of pop culture reference or something as subtle as the components and spells um so first i want to thank sarah she did her homework she sent me an email with several things that she found in the player's handbook that i missed so shout out to patron Sarah. Woo, woo, you're the you're the bomb. Um, <laughs> Side note: my favorite Easter egg is on the uh, the wild magic chart for the, uh, the sorcerer. Forty two is a pod plant. <laughs> That's funny. He gets it. Like forty two isn't that like the answer to all the world? <laughs> no, four twenty. No, oh, I get it. No, no. That's what I. Th- no, you just said pot plant. No, it's a potted plant. Oh, potted plant. Oh, that's clearly a reference to 420 weed, though. No, it's a reference to Hitchens Guide to the Galaxy, where <laughs> they, when they teleported, a plant appeared and thought, and thought not again. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. I forgot about that. Isn't that the, also the answer to the world, or is that 47? It's 42. 42? 42 is the answer to the question of life, the universe, and everything. Yeah. Okay, anyways. Um, so, yeah, I love pop culture. Uh, I love that, that um, Watsi goes above and beyond, and they do a really great job in the spells component section. Now... Um, actually, Sarah sent me an email that regards the fe- that kind of has the feelings of a lot of people that spell components are clumsy and are inconvenient, and some people don't like them. They are relics from a previous age or in editions. Yes, but I think that in fifth edition they nailed it. Um, I think they're the same ones they've always used. No, it's han- I think it's handled differently. You because your spell component pouch encompasses everything. Right, uh, unless it's very specific items, it wasn't that way before. But it's just because they replaced the arcane focus. Yes. Anyway. Anyways, wait. Anyway, <laughs> uh, there, there's, there's a good balance between it now. And for me, I love role playing. I was a long time ago the guy that hated components. I thought it was stupid and inconvenient and they are and and, and, and uh, cumbersome. They are. Well, obviously, tell me how you feel, Ian. Uh, useless. Camden, how do you how do you feel about spell components? I also feel like they're kind of useless, but until until I was reading up on the show notes and your idea for this episode, I definitely thought they were useless. But I do enjoy I do enjoy them as for what they are as as Easter eggs, as cute little things that Watsi (laughs) has gifted to us. Right, Um, and honestly. Um, most people think it's just easier to go with the arcane focus, but I, I honestly think that a little bit of role play is missed by that. And I think one of the examples that I sent to Sarah, uh, was 
you know, I can use my arcane focus, it glows, and I cast Raise the Dead. Okay. That's, that, that, from a gameplay standpoint, eh, that's fine. There ain't nothing wrong with that. But how much cooler is it to say, I reach into my satchel, I pull out a handful of bone dust as I sprinkle it across the, the dead corpse. You do that enough times, and you can just say, I reach into my pouch, and I pull out a handful of bone dust, and I spray it over the corpse, and you won't have to say raise dead anymore, you know? By using the components and saying them a certain way, that can come off at the table for everyone to know what you're doing. And I think that's a subtle, cool thing about spell components, as stupid as that sounds. (laughs) That being said, on to the main topic. So, who would like to do the very first one? (laughs) First off, we got Minor Illusion, whose spell component is Lease. Why? Because that means you're pulling the wool over someone's eyes. Yeah, I was a week... Scrubs. I'm, I'm a week old since I learned that. Like a week and a half old since I learned that. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> it's a little... It's a subtle... That's, a, that's an old... Old... Um, what's the word? Phrase? Yeah, for, yeah. for tricking people, right? Um, of course, then uh, we also have Aid, which is... A tiny strip of white cloth. What does that remind you of? A band-aid. <laughs> <laughs> a bandage. Yeah, that's, exactly, that, that's what comes to my mind. Now, I may not be right on what I thought these were, so just... Now, even though you're guessing, they still fit. That, that's <laughs> the point. Antipathy and sympathy. Vinegar or honey, because you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. That's awesome. Uh, confusion involves three nutshells. Much like the common shifting item under the shells. That's the like the old the, the old game that the the guys oh, on the corner yeah. play, right? Yeah, the sleight of, sleight of hand. Yeah, where they they got the little coin or whatever, and they're shuffling them around, and it's tis confusion, I say. <laughs> I would love to see an animation of magic users using these, but in that that <laughs> in that like, fashion. I come or I cast confusion. He takes out three nuts and goes. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about for the, the advantage of spell components you couldn't do that with an arcade focus yeah. alright big giant bad fire elemental where's the rock where's the rock oh my god <laughs> detect thoughts that was very straightforward it requires a capper piece hey Ian Penny for your thoughts <laughs> I'm requesting a dime thank you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, not some cheap floozy. <laughs> I have standards. <laughs> Expensive standards, ten times that of everyone else's thoughts. What are you thinking about under there? <laughs> Glorious things. Fireball. A tiny ball of bat guano and sulfur, which are the ingredients for black powder. Yeah, I didn't know that. I did. Yeah, I know. You said it after the other ones. The only reason I knew that. Because after we talked about it at the end of the last episode, you mentioned that. I'm like, Huh, I wonder. Sure as shit. <laughs> I or get back it, guano. shit, guano. Uh, see? I've got it. Boom. Uh, uh, the next spell is Pass Wall. This requires some sesame seeds. Really? Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you mean, really? Open sesame. <laughs> yeah. Right? Sesame seed. So so if you get a sesame seed bun, is that like because it does, it's not like on a, it comes off the sandwich? No? No. Think about it. When you get a sesame seed sandwich from McDonald's, the the damn thing it comes in opens like like a cave entrance. I'm gonna I'm gonna say open sesame next time I get one. God damn. (laughs) (laughs) Lightning bolt requires a bit of fur and a rod of either amber, crystal, or glass. 
which is used to create static electricity. Shocking. Once again, that's very, very interesting. I could, if, if a player walked up to me and said, these are the components for Lightning Bolt, but would you care if I like run across and scrub my feet across the, the floor and build up a charge <laughs> and send the power through my body and out my fingertips like Palpatine? What are walking? Which is a piece of cork. <laughs> because uh, cork floats in water. <laughs> See, th- th- that one's so subtle, but it makes sense in the context of what they're trying to do. I insist it must be a duck. You think a rubber ducky? <laughs> no, 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 a duck. Oh, just you a duck? Just sacrifice a live duck. <laughs> <laughs> I will walk across the water. <laughs> <laughs> because... <laughs> because witches were the same as ducks. Were they? Oh, that's right. I don't get it. Uh, it. It was the Holy Grail. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I had, yeah I had a brain fart. If you have not seen that, that's another good movie. Monty, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So, logically speaking, if she weighs as much as a duck, it's because she's made of wood. And therefore, a witch! <laughs> <laughs> she made of wood, and she is a witch. <laughs> oh, I, just like how the, I just like how they weigh the same. <laughs> Um, this. What I think would be hilarious is if I okay, so if I was the wizard casting this spell, I would shout my command or whatever, toss it the cork in the in the in the ground in the water, and then just have it expand, and I'm standing on top of the cork as I walk, Why not? as I float across the river or whatever. Why not? <laughs> water breathing. It's just sad. Piece of straw or a reed. Think about that for a second. As an improvised snorkel. Like in the old cartoons, like with Bugs Bunny and such. You know, the more I read through these, the, the more wizard, I realize the that wizard. magic isn't magic. <laughs> I was going to say the wizard's not real. <laughs> more like our, our character concept last week, Mysterio, right? <laughs> Once again, it's a spell. Could you imagine your wizard says, stand back, I will cast water breathing upon myself. And he's just <laughs> snorkeling under the surface of the water. And then he's got like a long attachment. He just keeps making it longer so he can go farther under. It'll be great until the straw collapses. Uh, somebody like yanks it out of his mouth. Oh, oh great. Now I'm thinking about the episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventures. Uh, that poor sap. Uh, that's on my watch list. Next we have message. message. It's a copper wire. For those of you who don't know, Phone lines are, and telegraphs are made of copper wire. So is our internet cable, which is also a form of communication. So once again, this guy is sending a cell phone call. <laughs> He's making a cell phone call, or a, a telephone call, right? Now, when I, what I would say is <laughs> he needs to bust out the two cans at the end of the, the wire. Well, the string. <laughs> well, I would say it'd be a wire, but whatever. Oh, man. Next is one of my favorite names for any of the spells, and that is Tasha's Hideous Laughter, which requires a tart and a feather. <laughs> uh, no. The, the feather is obviously a nod to its ticklish nature, and the tart, uh, which, could also be, uh, which could also be illustrated as a pie, is a nod toward classic uh, slapstick clown comedy, in which pies can be thrown in the faces of people and once, it is considered funny <laughs> once again your wizard is out there is like all right guys you take the three on the left i'll get the one on the right what are you gonna do oh i've got something to tell him i got a real mama joke <laughs> and or a dad joke or a dad joke and toss the uh and then toss the uh the pie into his face i don't trust stairs they're always up to something oh god 
Face palm. Um, or chase, start chasing, have your wizards start chasing guys around with a feather. <laughs> <laughs> like, tiki tiki, coochie coochie coo. Do you know what the thing cause of dry skin is? Uh. Towels. Get out. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I, like, that I liked that one. <laughs> Jesus oh Christ. shit. <laughs> I apologize for nothing. It's your turn. Of course it is. <laughs> Gust of wind. That spell component is legumes or beans. Because beans is a magical fruit that makes you toot. For the love of God. God. How dare you break wind before me? <laughs> I fought in your general direction. <laughs> Could you imagine a wizard every day like, what are you doing? I'm eating some beans. Just in case. <laughs> I'm preparing custom wind. <laughs> That's his ritual. That's the ritual for custom wind. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I think we just killed Justin. <laughs> Hold on a sec. Oh, shit. Oh my god. Hold on, That's hold an on. awesome hold way on. to prepare your spells. That <laughs> <laughs> looks even funnier. Uh, a line of strong winds 60 feet long and 10 feet wide blasts from you. <laughs> for a spell's duration, which is one minute. <laughs> That's me after Taco Bell. <laughs> I eat lightning and crap thunder. <laughs> The gust disperses gas or vapor and it extinguishes candles, torches, and small similar unprotected It's a little bright in here. Don't worry. I got it. Oh, God. Um, next up, we have animal friendship, which is just a, 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 morsel, a morsel of food. This is much like the, 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 the what is the guy's, uh, Pavlov's, you know, training of the animals with positive reinforcement by giving them food. That's basically what you're doing with animal friendship. So once again, not a spell, but bribery. <laughs> oh, man. I really like this next one. Polymorph. A cocoon. Because caterpillars turn into butterflies. They literally polymorph. So now, moving forward, this guy right here, anytime I cast polymorph, I'm turning shit into butterflies. <laughs> I don't care what it is. Dragon, butterfly. Frog, butterfly. Human, butterfly. Brandon, you get to be a worm, though. <laughs> Something you a caterpillar. It. it did that thing that caterpillars do. So polymorph, this, this actually, to me, is a really cool um, flavor thing you can do, because... When you polymorph something, you can describe it turning into, like, a giant cocoon or something like that. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> go, Camden, go, you want to take the next what, one? What do you think sleep is? I don't remember what the material component is. I know what it I is. I think I know what it is. We should all know what I it do. is. Well, it, um, it, I also had written down another sleep spell called Catnap out of Xanathar's <laughs> Guide. So it may, might be similar to that, but the, the component for Catnap is a grain of sand. Not, not a grain of sand, a pinch of sand. So probably a few dozen grains of sand. Uh, yes, I, you're spot on. Uh, for 5e, or uh, for sleep in 5e, it's a pinch of sand, rose petals, or crickets. Crickets, like nothing. Like I'm actually, I totally show half the time. I just totally thought it would sheep's wool. They count. Counting sheep? Oh, that'd be a good oh, one. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. I do like the idea of just throwing sand in people's face and tell them to go to sleep. <laughs> I don't get I like the idea of throwing sheep at them and telling them to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever play that game, uh, Worms it's Armageddon? It's nap time. You, you play Worms Armageddon and you like throw yeah. the exploding sheep at people? 
that's a good one. We kind of ruined that for one. Camden, you want to take the next one too? That's all good. Uh, slow requires a drop of molasses, as in you are slower than molasses. That's hilarious, and I literally laughed when dilly, dilly. I read it. Ha, ha, ha. Do you guys ever watch uh, Zootopia? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Zootopia. that's exactly what I thought of. Oh my god, yes. You got the they're at D, the DMV and they've got the sloths there and they're just moving slow as molasses. Actually slower. Yeah. And then the end had a hell of a twist. Yeah. Is it, is it far enough to to say it? Spoiler alert. Yeah, you can spoil it. At the end of the movie, the guy who has been driving around like a bat out of hell the entire movie Rolls down the window, and it's the sloth guy. <laughs> the sloth. Oh. Speedy. It's Flash. Yeah, Flash. I was going to say Flash. Flash. Yeah, I was going to say he Flash. has a paradoxical name. Yeah. It's awesome. Tongues. You basically have a small model of a ziggurat, which is a reference to the ancient Tower of Babel. And for those of you that don't know what the Tower of Babel is, it's all the people trying to build the Tower to Heaven, and they... Hey, just God destroyed the tower and made them all speak different languages. You done goofed. If you believe that sort of thing. What you do? I, I thought that was going to be like, you don't, if you haven't heard about the Tower of Babel, you're going to hell. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> no, no. I never force my faith on anybody. Oh, it's just sure. all guesswork anyway. <laughs> just no, whoever's no. closer. <laughs> hmm. Uh-oh, I think a, I upset Ian. A relic, what was it called? Uh, There's a lot of relics. Uh, None of which the, we know where we're at right now. The Babel tablets. What? So it, it was a stone. Oh, the Rosetta Stone. Yeah, I was going to say the Rosetta, yeah, the Rosetta stone? stone. Yeah. The whole, you know, oh, that's that stuff you can learn a new language on the computer, right? Yeah, well, but, that's the, but what... the actual Rosetta Stone is a giant tablet with multiple languages on it. They had Egyptian and Greek. That decipher each other. Well, yeah, it was, it was Latin. Latin, Greek, and no, Egyptian, right? No, it was Egyptian and Greek. Oh, okay. Because... It was three. I thought it was three I languages. Was three. I thought it was two. Well, luckily, we here have the power of the World Wide Web and the power of human knowledge at yeah, our mind. fingertips. Because that's so, how they discovered how to read Egyptian, because there was the other languages they knew they on the same time. Yeah. That's so cool. It's inscribed with three versions of a decree issued by Memphis, Egypt in 196 BC during the Potomac uh, dynasty. So it, it, was, it was Latin, Greek, and Egyptian hieroglyphs. Yep. It's a learning show. We just didn't say what you're going to be learning. <laughs> <laughs> the stinking cloud requires a rotten egg or skunk cabbage leaves. I really think you could easily supplement the legume in these um, for the same effect. But once again, this reiterates what Brandon said earlier today. Wizards don't exist. <laughs> Wizards don't exist. That magical spell to make shit stink. They just keep in some rotten eggs packed in a really tightly closed satchel. And they throw them in pff, distractions. Distractions everywhere. They keep it in their bag of holding, which is bigger on the inside. The wizards are time lords! Oh no. <laughs> I love how it just says skunk. It doesn't say it needs to be dead. <laughs> Swing it around his satchel. Go on, guy. Go on, go in there. Go in there. Just push his shit out of the place. <laughs> <laughs> or he pulls it out like a gun and lifts up the tail and psh, it sprays everybody. <laughs> wow. <laughs> how did we not make this a character concept? Oh, we did last week. Kind of. Next up, we have the sunbeam. Now, what kid has never done this? 
The item is a magnifying glass. Amazingly, I have not fried ants with those. I have fried every type of critter I could get my grubby little hands on with one of those things. I was a terrible, terrible kid. Dry leaves, yeah. however. My uh, Oh, start my, a fire. That's much better. <laughs> my, my sociopathic tendencies were not at a place where I was <laughs> burning insects, but I definitely burnt like leaves and plants. So you guys are pyros. So you're using the power of the sun to burn down buildings and trees. <laughs> the hard way. This I remember that one time at Boy Scouts, we just for fun attempted to smother a campfire with dry leaves. We How almost, did that go? <laughs> we almost thought we had it, actually. <laughs> then it started smoking. Then whoosh. I remember uh, I was learning how to do that contact on laser beams with a crystal ball. Uh, Shark you guys have ever seen the labyrinth? Heads. You beat me to it. <laughs> if you've ever seen the labyrinth, uh, uh, great, great with, movie with the uh, crystal balls, uh, mm-hmm. bring them back and forth. It's called he contact can do Jedi. that. Well, I learned how to do that, but what I failed to do was read the warnings of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was the basic warning of do it in an open space so you don't like shatter windows or anything like that. <laughs> One of the things I did not read was uh, if you're out in the sun, don't just hold it in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> because it is at just the right angle where it will send your fingers and it burned so bad. I thought I got bit by something. So I don't know if you guys know... Brandon is a master of different arts. He, you're, I think your ADD has made you so good at doing so many different things. Doing the little ball contact juggling thing is like magic. Watching you solve a Rubik's Cube is like magic. All right? You have such an amazing set of skills. You need to bring my bow back. Oh, right. Yeah. So he gave me a bow, and then he made it disappear. So have he's you, a magician, too. Have you used it? Have you used it? No. Why would I? I don't know. Do I look like I hunt? It's supposed to be up in here. Well, up in here? Up in here? Where up in here? I don't got a room. Up in here? Anyways. In uh, here. So anyways. Yeah, he's a master of like a million talents. Uh, I can juggle. I can magic. I one, so he's a wizard. Next? Who's next? One could say he's a jack of all trades. One could say he's a bard. Oh. I have a master of none of those. <laughs> he used to sing in a band too. There you go. And it's a good thing he got another job. <laughs> no, I was a bass player in a band. I was barely considered anything. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Who so, it? Next, we have Arcane Eye, which involves a bit of bat fur. And this is because bats can see with sound. It's a mechanism that uh, has fur. evolved in bats and other creatures called echolocation. Like where dolphins they or whales. Where they they screech, and the sound bounces off of things and comes back, and that's how they navigate the dark. Yay, sonar. So so what you're telling me is Daredevil is a wizard. <laughs> that's what it's, I heard. Yeah. Because isn't that how Daredevil's power works? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he, he doesn't use echolocation, but like he functions largely on sound. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, he, like, there are definitely some mechan- like. I know in several episodes, or there's one episode, spoiler, there's this episode where he finds the, um, the big tunnel in the abandoned building, mm-hmm. like it's a construction lot, and there's a huge burrow that goes deep and deep into the earth, and he just, he just, uh, he drops something down there, like a metal rod or something, and he counts how long it takes until he hears a sound down there, and he, and he knows exactly how deep it is. That's awesome. It was pretty pretty dope. Yeah, I could have sworn in the yeah. movie they used one of the uh, re, uh, one of the uh, alternate comic stories where it was more like a sonar, like in the original movie with um, that Matt guy Damon. we don't talk about him. Matt Damon no, uh, was Matt. Damon? I don't. I think you got the wrong one. Matt Tell Affleck. me. Yes, that guy. Affleck. 
Uh, you didn't know either. I couldn't remember. <laughs> I could see his face, but um, yeah, in that one, I think he had an alternate one, which was more like a sonar, where it, like the, you could see the sound bouncing off all the different stuff, but that might have just been yeah. unique to that movie, I think. Who knows? It, it, was, it was in the writer. It was sonar in that movie, because uh, there was times when he was chasing the dude in the subway, so he took his rod and uh, hit a metal pipe, and the sound bounced off bounced everything. Off everything came everything back we got Feeble Mind, which is a handful <laughs> of clay, crystal, or glass spheres. And the spell makes you, what do you know? Lose your marbles. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite ones. <laughs> that makes me think of book. So, yes, yes, the he's little looking, kid. He's looking around and he says, Grandpa, what are you doing? I've lost my marbles. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find my marbles. <laughs> um, this is really funny because I could see myself like playing a character who says, here, would you hold on to these for a second? But whatever you do, don't lose them. Then use Mage Hand to swat them out of his hands. I cast Feeble Mind. Or, like, <laughs> do you know how you become a bullfighter? Oh. You stuff your mouth full of marbles. Then you split them out one by one. And once you lost all your marbles, you're a bull rider. Oh my god. <laughs> you spit on the mic? Spit came out of his mouth onto his mic. I mean, that's your mic. Yeah, yeah, to clean that shit off. <laughs> no, just we love you. Uh, we do. We love all our patrons. And we love Camden, too, <laughs> who is like a patron and a half. Or a half a patron. Because they, they won't let me give anybody, like, <laughs> patron access. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. Next, we have a suggestion. A snake's tongue and a honeycomb. Or a drop of sweet oil. Being honey-tongued. And having well-oiled tongue... Uh, are euthanisms for being seductive and having a snake tongue for for lying. Yeah, this one actually was a little harder one. Um, I didn't actually know this one. Uh, so the price is not silver. I was going to say, yeah, silver is wild. Taking a silver tongue. Oh, yeah. No, it's not. I think these are a little older terminology, though. Sure. Maybe. But I like that. I mean, <laughs> when the wizard talks and casts a spell, his tongue looks like a little snake one. That'd be funny. Or a honeycomb. <laughs> uh, so the next one we have is the fear spell. A white feather or a hen heart. It turns you into a chicken. Common term for a coward, right? <laughs> so using a hen heart or a chicken heart or... That was really good. Thank you. It's acceptable, actually. <laughs> um, this was actually an interesting one and somehow one I missed. So, thank you to Sarah. You're awesome. <laughs> um, the next one is also from... The next two are actually from uh, Sarah, because I missed them both. Um, you missed Dark Vision? Yes, I did. Okay, asshole? That just made sense immediately. Uh, go, so. go. Go, go, gadget. Get, get in. Uh, so, <laughs> what the next the one is- <laughs> go go gadget Camden. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> so we have dark vision is the next spell, and that requires a dried carrot, which is uh naturally a reference to vitamin A, which is uh good for optical health. Eyesight. Except for they don't it takes a ridiculous amount, so you'll have to eat like a billion carrots. Right. Which actually pokes on that in the <laughs> Bugs Bunny a few times. Did they? <laughs> like when he's like, uh, we got drafted by the army and they had him read the eye chart. <laughs> and he really like defined friend at the very bottom across the room. <laughs> <laughs> you can read it. That's funny. Um, yeah, so that's a really good one. And once again, I don't know how I missed that. And next up on deck, we have Meddling Darkness. Pitch, 
mixed with mercury. And mercury is very toxic and can cause mood swings, nervousness, irritability, insomnia, tremors, and much, much more. Talk to your doctor if you experience a liver reaction lasting more than four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. You sounded like an infomercial. That was a joke. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this is another really good one. Um, obviously, we know mercury is toxic, and the fact that it calls for it is pretty, uh, pretty cool. I haven't had terrible use to drink it. That's why the airbrushing czar. He drank mercury. Yeah, you can't wait and stay for a while. Go figure. Can't imagine why. <laughs> it's almost like it's toxic. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know that I'm toxic? Okay, I think this landed on you perfectly, Brandon. <laughs> Hypnotic pattern. Glowing stick of incense, pretty much sparklers or a vial filled with uh, phosphorescent uh, material, like a ray of glow stick. You know, if you do that fast enough, you can write your name in the, in the air. Um, so remember, I was just telling you how skilled Brandon is at all these different things. Dump, Guess what else he can dump, do? Dump, 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 he can rave like dump, a baller. Dump, 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 you look like a, dump, dump, an atom, dump, like everything is rotating dump, around you at like high speed when you're in the dump, dark in those things. Take you out. System is down. The system is down. Yeah, you have no idea. The guy's got so many talents, except for showing up on time. (laughs) I got here before seven. Come out to Chicago. He did. He did. Going on. Yeah, we should do that. Dragon's breath requires a hot pepper. (laughs) And I'll tell you what. uh, I think that (laughs) the hot pepper being the 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 um component for this spell. Is perfect, um, as I love very hot stuff. So do I. But the problem with me is it's not the going in that's the problem. You pay for it. You pay for it later. Oh, yeah. You got blood stains in your underwear? You're Chipotle way. Chipotle way. Actually, actually, Justin, just from that, I have to give a nod. The group I met up with on this weekend, I made Tony dogs for everybody. And one of the uh, ingredients I put in there was just a few drops of ghost pepper sauce. And uh, one guy's like, you know what? I'm going to actually pour, pour more of this onto my Coney dog. I mean, I have ghost pepper salsa at home. This should be okay. Did he end up in the hospital? He goes wrong. <laughs> Turns out he's like, oh my gosh, my mouth. What is wrong with me? It's like five times hotter than that ghost pepper salsa I got. Oh, you know what God. I need? Is I need to invite you over to my house because I've never had a friend cook for me. I've done it for you before. I know. It's awesome. You need to come over. You know, I want people in, uh, to cook for me. Out in Frankenmuth, they have... Uh, I need a harem of cooks. Uh, what was it? Honey baked nuts, but they mixed in um, Carolina Reaper pepper. Oh, and I want to get that for Jeff because so he good. loves that stuff. Back to the the pepper and all the cartoons and everything. Fire breathes out of people's mouths, so it fits. <laughs> Once again, I think that would be an awesome little thing. All right, guys, I've got this. Flip in your maybe he's a herbalist too, and he grows his own you know peppers or something you know. And he say hello to my California Reaper. <laughs> Names all his peppers too. That'd be awesome. No, that, no actually is what. No, I know, but if yeah. you were like Ooh. in the D and D world, name your own peppers. Tate says he's an awesome cook, and he's got some ghost pepper infused honey. Oh, it's an awesome marinade. Why would you ruin honey? That sounds awesome. That does sound awesome. Oh no, you, the honey is good. <laughs> Nectar of the gods. Yeah, that's true. It's ambrosia <laughs> of the gods. Yeah. For like a for like a for like a sauce though, like I, I'm feeling I'm see, I'm envisioning like a barbecue. Ooh, sauce. that does sound good. That, like the sweet and spicy contrast that'd be really good. This next one's also out of Xanathar's. It's called Erupting Earth, um, and it requires a piece of obsidian. Oh, um, sweet! For, for those of you who are not uh, in the know 
uh, earth scientists. Um, a piece of obsidian is hardened, <laughs> hardened uh, volcanic rock. So uh, most most of my generation is only aware of this because of Minecraft. Yeah, but... <laughs> I was about to guess that too. What the fuck is obsidian? They this is made from liquid hot magma. Uh, so that's yeah, a really erupting, cool one. Erupting Earth is a spell that summons a like a small volcano, basically. So mm. I shall name it Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I bet the plane tickets costs are really good right now for Hawaii. <laughs> Again, no worries. We hope everyone makes it okay, except for the stupid idiot that decided it was a good idea to kick the magma with his foot. <laughs> Did you see that video? I heard about guys it. like pushing. It. I was like, man, I hope your foot burns off. You deserve it. <laughs> Taunting Mother Nature, <laughs> she'll bitch slap you with a fiery, fiery backhand. <laughs> and the last one we have is a whirlwind requires a piece of straw. We think is a nod, nod at Wizard of Oz, maybe? At the very least, Tornado Alley here on the North American continent, where there's a lot of flat land and naturally a lot of farms. Yep, yep. And trailer parks. <laughs> I just got my house fixed last year, and this thing came in. Wait, 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 what? Last year? Yeah, Tornado got. And you put your house back in the same spot? What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> Or like people keep building their house again on floodplains. <laughs> That'll do it for our main topic. So don't all say yes. It was exciting at all. It was awesome. Are it you sure? Because you didn't. You weren't. I still think it was fun. Yeah, I know it's not normally what we do, but I thought it would be a little bit different. Um, thank you to all the patrons who say yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know it's not exactly what we normally do, but I thought it was worth mentioning because this was just such a cool thing for them to do. As um, Camden had already noted. Um, there are disclaimers in a lot of the books. Um, I'm not going to read them all, but I think we can afford to read one. And you should check these out if you've got these books. The Player's Handbook, the DMG, the Monster Manuals, Anather's Guide, the Guide to Volos, Sword Coast, Out of the Abyss. They all have disclaimers in them that are very interesting. So I'm going to read the most common one, um, <laughs> which is the Player's Handbook. Disclaimer. Wizards of the Coast is not responsible for the con. <laughs> Wizards of the Coast is not responsible for the consequences of splitting up the team, sticking appendages in the mouth of a leering green devil face, accepting a dinner invitation from bugbears, storming a feast hall of a hill giant steading, angering a dragon in a, any variety, or saying yes when the DM asks, are you really sure? <laughs> um, I think these are hilarious. Um, there's one in every one of them, so if you got one run and, and check it out so the some are funnier than others but they're all very interesting and the one other thing i thought was hilarious that somebody that somebody pointed out a while ago and i think i shared the meme was in the monster manual under the lo lycanthrope section there's a very unique piece of artwork it is a soldier big burly soldier with a ponytail wrestling a giant werewolf and it is literally an image of gaston fighting the beast yep and i thought it was awesome no one <laughs> grapples like Gaston. No one punches like Gaston. No one rolls natural roll crits like Gaston. Anyway. Jesus. No, <laughs> they love his big mighty arms. That's not how that goes. <laughs> not at all. The DMG one is great. <laughs> or the last one is. They're all, they're all really go great, so definitely check them out. That being said, before we move on to our honor tips and tricks, we have another gift to give away. Compliments of Loresmith. 
Each episode, we will draw another lucky subscriber's name, and they will win the best-selling adventure, The Claws of Madness, compliments of Lawsmith. Lawsmith is a small indie team of creative artists who remember exploring the realms together with friends, finding incredible places, and meeting colorful characters along the way. They set out to deliver an experience that sparks those lasting impressions that pushed them to create their first standalone adventure, The Claws of Madness. This best-selling adventure is one that you don't want to miss. Brandon, who is our winner? Our winner for this week is Hellfire2084. Can I just say what a baller-ass email name that is? It's, that, it's nice. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside You gotta take a stand, it don't help to hide Yeah! Look at these guns. I call them law and order. Somebody pinched my nipple. <laughs> you started it, asshole. Uh, so congratulations, Hellfire 2084. If you enjoy the adventure, please head on over and leave uh, Lord Smith a review. Let, let him know what you like, what you didn't like. Tell him how great it is. And tell him that we sent you. Uh, so moving on to our Unearthed Tips and Tricks, uh, where we bring you new and creative content for you to bring with you on your next adventure. So, first up, we have our character concept. Who, who, whose idea was this? Mine. Oh, yeah. Uh, you want to talk about it? We have the lawyer. And short version. They are somebody who keeps reminding the party or the NPCs what is legal and what is not legal. I think that's an awesome character concept. I'm sorry, villagers. You just give us a, your whole village because you did not read the fine print before you read the contract. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that we people constantly talk about is how do you control murder hobos? If you have somebody in the group who ha busts out a scroll about the laws in the region, every time something goes down, they may reconsider. Because then you could say, well, not only is the law not to murder, it is punishable by a hanging, decapitation, or dungeon time for all eternity. Or that last one's not so bad, actually. Or, if you wait for them to strike first, Brutus Maximus, it counts as self-defense. <laughs> <laughs> so please, hold your action for a moment, using that as, like, tactical strategy. <laughs> ready? You get offered that one job, and everyone goes, okay, and you go, okay, wait, wait. <laughs> Sign here, here, date right there, and I need your initial right there. <laughs> That's funny. If you're under the age of 18, I do require a parental or guardian signature. Mm. Um, and I, I think it's really fun too because they could bust out. They could, and hold, this could be a good role play opportunity for the DM too. Because if the player says, well, according to uh, Granok versus Jim, um, that property is technically his because he's owned it for more than nine days. He stole it from me. It has been his property for nine days. Do you have proof that it's yours? And I think that. <laughs> if you if the, you were if with the DM on something like that and say hey I'd like to do these improvisational uh, improvi improvisational or impromptu um, like scroll readings and he would have the DM would have to be ready to go off the cuff with those but he could probably feed you a small list of like known rules and then you could be very vague and maybe find a way to use like uh, use it in place of like a specific magic spell like charm person or or suggestion or something like according to this law. <laughs> Yes. You can't do that. <laughs> yes, you may. Ha your family may have resided on the land for generations, but there was technically no deed submitted. However, this adventurer here did submit one. Therefore, it's legally his. <laughs> Roll it up. <laughs> Stamp here, please. Uh, Camden, what do you think about this? 
I guess this is a I guess this is a great idea. I think like you said, it's a good uh good way to keep a good natural built in way to keep murder hobos in check. Um Yeah, I like it. Good job, Ian. <laughs> I could see him turning to you. Hey, so uh what's the law say about if I snatch that uh nice looking sword off that counter? That would be stealing. Um it'll cost you three digits on your left hand. Eh, worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I'm right-handed. <laughs> uh, so I think that's a fun, fun, uh, a fun character concept, especially if you really like those, like, uh, like I love the movie Suits. If you ever watch or the show Suits, you ever watch that, or some of those court drama type things, <laughs> you can start using a lot of that big lingo and discussion. I object to that statement. You what? I have no idea what it means, but I object to it. And it's um, on another note, it it could be a good way to. This is this is getting meta gamey, but like in a funny way, that like lawyer is also considered a pejorative term for a player who <laughs> nice to throttle the rules and be like, actually, this is how this is done. Actually, that's not how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> that's it's a rule like, player, a rule Nazi. Yeah, so I, I can. That's really trying cool. to like, yeah, is trying to like backseat DM, and so that could be a good way to like kind of make fun of that person. <laughs> I would, I would offer this character concept to that person. <laughs> you right. like the rules? How about the actual in-game rules? Why, why don't you, why don't you think of, figure out the laws? You, you memorized the entire book. Now learn an entire region of laws. Um, so I think that's a really cool one. Well done, Thank you. Ian. I give you a solid cool point. Just one. That's uh, a golf clap. All right, Brandon, do you want to take the monster variant? Uh, call yes. it the prison warden. It's called the prison warden. And we need a DC for it. But no, we don't. We can just talk about it. I can make a stat block for it later. No, I pre-read this and I was like, oh, man. Would you call it the prison warden? I yeah. feel like we did that already. Well, we did something like that. But the shackles. Yeah. I don't know if that's the yeah. same name. So, or the bounty hunter. I think that was done, too. Dang it! Well, anyways... I think we can go with Prison Warden for now. Yeah. Or is it the Warden? The Snatcher. <laughs> what are they called in uh, Avatar? The girls who... Ha- the, the group that does the rocks? Oh, that the Kiyoshi Warriors. No, the, the, the guys that do the, the, the rock, the oh, rock the benders. Dai the yeah, Dai Yeah, the Dai Li. They've got like yeah. armor that comes off their hands and like snatches you like a thief. Anyways. Yeah. Okay, so we got a, our monster variant for this week. I guess we're calling the Warden. Yes, that'll work. Hmm. Uh, the warden. Uh, the base is a knight, but the plate armor is magic, and the knight can give it a command to fly off him, and the armor can independently grapple and potentially restrain or immobilize an enemy by putting itself on an enemy. <laughs> Perhaps this variant can be a prison warden, and this method can be used to capture an escaping prisoner or hinder an enemy, especially a spellcaster. <laughs> what do you think about that, Brandon? I think it would really surprise the players if that happened. <laughs> if like a fucking transformer, his armor started opening and flying <laughs> at somebody and like grapple onto him and their head, the head, the, the like face mask close around their face and everything. Yep. And that's, that's what my first thought was, was the scene in Doctor Strange where he throws the cape. thing on him. He throws the cape? Oh, the cape. Oh, talking about the cape or the weird contraption that the, catches the, the other guy? The wall. He just throws yeah, it that, that's it. Strains him. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good one. I like that. Um... Camden, what do you think? I guess this is a great idea. This this actually reminds me of a thread I found on Reddit where someone was asking a question about um, 
a, a certain spell combo that would do a similar thing. And that would have been um, creating an illusion of armor and then using a spell called illusory reality to make the armor real oh, and cool. drop and dropping it on someone to restrain them. But the, it was like, there were too many, there were too many like missed loopholes and it would only last for a minute. Right. But it makes me think of that. I think like, I think using armor on someone who's not proficient in it to restrain them is an awesome idea. Yeah, and I think that, uh, and I, I'll, I'll try to, I'm trying to make a stat block for this. I say that, but I'm like twenty of those, thirty of those behind. Makes so, it like rigid. Makes um, rigid. Yeah, I would give it a more, uh, I'd give it a more thorough stat block. But the biggest thing I could see about this would be the trade-off of losing the armor. So the caster's armor would come off, the AC would go significantly down, yeah. and then you <laughs> could boost the significantly the armor of the person captured. But since it restricts their movement, it protects them in combat, kind of like. I hate to say video games, but in some video games where you and wow, you polymorph somebody, their HP just keeps refilling because they're protected by the spell until they're you know brought out of it. And this would be a great control ability because if you if it restrains somebody, you could just leave them <laughs> leave them there while you deal with something else. Or if you're more or less an enemy, they can't fight back. Yeah, and uh, and we talked about the, the what is it the the, the Dai Li. Um, what they do in the Dai Li, they, they're earthbenders, and they got, like, these little parts of their body that are covered in, like, Stuff. earth armor. And they, like, shoot it across and grab people and round the neck and choke them and drag them away and all these different things. And I think that would be amazing to be four, four players walking down a hallway. Then all of a sudden they run into a guy. He shoots the armor at them. It wraps around the caster and then just pushes them up, stands them up in, 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 in a ready combat position like a statue. Actually, the... Like, uh, guys... <laughs> Actually, there was a crap to the metal bundles in Legend of Korra that did that too. Like that was that became armor. the thing. Yeah, that yeah. became the thing. And I don't. I didn't watch enough of that. I need to. Um, great, great inspiration, I'm sure. It's underrated. Um, but I really like this idea. Is to uh, like a special elite to, force uh, to mix us up with a uh, a two way boss fight kind of thing, mm -hmm. where if the knight is about to die. It just so happens that the major whoever he's with is proficient with the armor, and he commands the armor to him. Making him tougher to fight. Oh, guys, kind of giving his giving his uh, combat guy a buff. Yep, that's yep. cool. It's like, oh, I'm dead. I don't need this anymore. Here you go. <laughs> uh, anyways, I really like this idea. I like anything that's all about control and manipulation versus just outright damage, and this is a good way to do that. Because um, really, if you really wanted to make this super simple, you could just reflavor like the whole person spell in some some way. I mean. You wouldn't really have to get super fancy with it, but um, yeah, that says a lot about his personality. Yeah. That he likes control, especially with D and D. Well, he's, he's or not D and D, uh, Magic the Gathering. He's got a deck that he calls the Yes No deck. The what? The Yes No deck. Oh, <laughs> the permission I, deck. Yeah, the permission deck. When I do something, he either says yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I allow it. Eh, no, I'm not. I'm gonna stop that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> And I have to reflect that because I have no control over my life since I got married. So that's about the only place I have control. So <laughs> um, so that'll do it for our monster variant, the Warden. Um, Holy crap, this one's long. Yeah. Uh, our encounter of the podcast is the Redemption Escort, submitted to us by listener Colin Williams. I've just listened to in uh, to blah, blah. I just listened to the review of the archetypes of the Paladin and the Xanther's Guide to Everything. And I thought that uh, I thought of an encounter uh, for the party that requires them to accompany a paladin of redemption on a brief side quest. The trick to this is that the paladin would ha deal with all violent actions, not just that of the enemy combatants. 
the party would have to figure out how to immobilize, neutralize, or otherwise deal with the enemy combatants with minimal violence, or the Paladin of Redemption would bring down their holy might onto everybody involved. <laughs> this may result in the adventurer party trying to ditch or otherwise incapacitate the Paladin, but a DM should be able to make them essentially uh, essential to the success of the quest. Guys, guys, keep the violence in the happy box. <laughs> I said put it in the happy box. Okay, okay. Keep the violence. Uh, Camden, what do you think about this? Because I, re- I really like this 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 uh, encounter idea. I'm really into it. Um, I think any anything in in which you're brought on a quest by a particular character, and then you are you, you have to cope with their own the NPC's character flaws is awesome. This also reminds me exactly of like the very first thing in the very first season of Critical Role. They're on a rescue mission to save a paladin from the Underdark, and then the paladin ends up being kind of problematic. <laughs> and I think, yeah, I think this is awesome. And I, I think that's a good way to do it, because this brings into it's no longer just us against them, it's us against them, and this guy won't stop interrupting, or de- it's causing additional problems, you know? <laughs> P-V-P-V- P-V-E-V-E? <laughs> like it's a I'm, fight against everybody. I'm totally thinking about the gamers where like the lawful Gapeldon would not allow the other players to interrogate an enemy with torture. But the bar's like, look! Well don't get away! Where? Paladin <laughs> gets distracted. Um Brandon, what do you think? I think it could be really troublesome. I think it could be really troubles- troublesome. Just go as having someone ask you to go on a quest with them to help out and you end up not being able to help out without having some sort of consequence. Yeah, and this paladin is just out to can, can kind of control that stuff. So it'll if you've got a murder hobo party, this is a great encounter for them. Because they can't just go out and, and kill stuff, because they're going to have to deal with the guy that they're supposed to be helping. Now, I guess some party might be like, fuck it, I don't care, and stab him too, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that seems like something a party of murder hobos would do. That's why you guys are level 5 and he's level 20. Yeah, well, I wouldn't make him that high, but yeah. Um, I really like this idea, so thank you so much, uh, Colin, for submitting it. Um, this definitely gives me some amazing ideas for some encounters, and clearly I'm not living up to my potential as a DM because and- I don't think I've ever done run anything like this in to Camden's point, making the NPCs that are with the players problematic and not just phase out during combat like some DMs do, um, but actually have something going on, it's a big deal. But I do like the concept, though, as we kind of uh, flesh out more uh, later on about you force players to think outside the box, use other tactics that you would not normally use in the past. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Sam came pretty much to the same conclusion I did. Uh, they will all kill the paladin <laughs> after they got the quest details. <laughs> That's funny. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, that'll do it for our encounter of the podcast. Brandon, you want to take our magic item? We'll give you the DM tip and then uh, Camden the player tip. Uh, the mic's in the front, not the top. That's why my lips are right against the mic. Please don't lick the goddamn mic. It's my microphone. <laughs> For now, but what if you don't? You gotta move. Like I'm gonna switch those when you guys are gone. His 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 spit will be on that one, and your snot will be on it. Then I'll lick that one too. Uh, <laughs> look what I gotta freaking work with. <gasps> I just thought of a really awesome player.
What? I can't tell you. Okay. <laughs> Camden's like, will you guys just shut up and fucking finish off? This week's, damn. this week's magic item is the Blade of the Vine Master. It is a great sword, and it is very rare, as it requires attunement. <laughs> Sorry, Ed, Ed says don't lick the glass. <laughs> ah. Fuck a window lickers. Frenzy vines. As an attack, you can stab this sword into the ground, causing vines to spread from it in a 20-foot radius. Any creature, cratch- any creature other than yourself that is in this area must succeed a DC 14 dexterity saving throw. Or they become restrained by vines. The vines remain for as long as the sword is in the ground, and it takes a DC 15 strength check to break them. On a critical hit, vines lash out from the sword. The target must succeed a DC 14 dexterity saving throw, or become restrained. Yow. Camden, what do you think of this magic item? This is pretty cool. I was going to say, I was like, I was reading the first paragraph, and I was like, but what, like, what... There's got to be something that happens when you hit, actually hit. <laughs> but I think I think like the restraint on the crit. I think you could come up with some really cool flavors for that. Oh hell yeah! Um, I like the initial ability because I in <laughs> in Guild Wars two I play a Mesmer and one of the abilities is to stab the great sword into the ground and it comes up somewhere else. So that was kind of the inspiration. I was like, well, that's kind of cool. But what if I give? I think I've already done that. So what else can I do? I was like, oh, it could do like the entangling trap thing, like the arrow thing. I was like, that's cool. Um, or that, like, uh, one captain from Bleach with the pink robe. One of his sort of many abilities, if he, if he stabs at somebody's sh- shadow, the blade pops out and hits them. Oh, that's cool. I don't remember that. I probably fast-forwarded to that part. <laughs> uh, if it wasn't Ichigo, I didn't care. <laughs> or, no. Or, 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 or you. Um, and then, so I think you're right, Camden, with the, the flavor. Um, obviously... I didn't uh, write a description for this, but I envision this being like a little sword, a sword that's got like engraving of um, vines on it, and then the vines kind of detach and come to life and just flail like a, you know, alien tentacles in all directions, you know, slapping the wielder in the face or something like that. I've seen um, too much anime to know where this is going. <laughs> when you when you begin to strike it, you know, they whip out and they lash out and grab it by like the the wrists and the and the feet and like spread them, you know, eagle and you know out and. Pam I've seen too much to know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's a really cool item. What do you guys think, besides the whole anime porn thing? That's not where I was going, but uh, yeah. Well, I think it'd be fun. It's definitely a... Uh, it's de- yeah. hey. I don't understand why you insist on... The mic is not up here. It's right here. But you keep talking down to it like... You know what? It, you can't... I can't do you, that. You can tilt it, you mean? Yeah, I was going to do that. You should be able I think this is great as a support uh, ability. But... Like control and stuff. I can see that. Unless he has another weapon to use, he's kind of not being able to do anything other than just sit there. Not necessarily. Well, he, the, the idea is that he. We've talked about in the show. You should have multiple weapons, but for something like this, mm-hmm. you can easily grapple somebody with one hand, stab this in, and then run around and still fight stuff. Um, if it's being used as a way to pin enemies down, right? I'm trying to think of how awesome that would look. What if it was an item that was used by a wizard? Wizards don't exist. Didn't you figure that out yet? Apparently. (laughs) But, yeah, of course. Okay, so instead, the quote-unquote wizard has the sword that he doesn't use it in combat. Instead, he throws it to the ground, he grapples somebody, 
He rubs his feet on the floor for some static, and then he electrocutes the blade, so it electrocutes the creature that's in it. Oh, I like how you tied that to our fake wizard. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that's our magic item. Uh, It's something simple. It's made for utility and control. This is great if you don't have a healer and uh, your players do a lot of stupid stuff. This gives them a way to kind of minimize all the the minions you undoubtedly are going to throw at them to try to kill them. Uh, So, that'll do for our magic item, the Blade of the Vine Master. Ian. Today, our Dungeon Master tip. When you play and run a game, plan at least one significant moment for at least one character every session. It could be in some way tied to the background, or it could be tied to some other event they had a direct impact on. Or maybe perhaps a way to use a skill that they really use, which saves the day. Now, like, let's say like, like a few sessions l- later, you run into some villagers that heard of your re- reputation of what you'd done before. Or... Maybe you somebody is on a revenge quest and they find some evidence that their target passed through not too long ago. I like that. Um, I think Brandon had mentioned it before. This is a great tip because anytime you can hook the players in with something that's tied directly to them, no matter who the player is, we are always self-centered. We always want me, 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 me. Or, or if it plays a folk hero... Actually, have the NPCs actually know who they are? Oh, there you go. That's a good. That's a, I like that. Or they were a guild, a a guild craftsman. They get receive a letter from their guild, giving them a job of some kind. Yeah. Um. This it's your job as the DM to ensure that everyone has a amazing experience, and that can be hard to do to let every player shine. So if you go out of your way to ensure that every session at least one person gets a, a a big a big moment to shine for instance uh you talk about skills if the wizard has the slow fall ability or the monk has the slow fall ability or spell or, or whatever if you design an encounter where that can shine and push it to a situation where they have to use it this one ability that probably doesn't ever get used saves a life or two it's going to become very memorable for that player and they're going to be feel really engaged, and they're going to feel like their character fully, um, their character was the the star of the show, that they made a difference. And the best way to do that is for you as the DM to set up those opportunities. Now, sometimes those opportunities come on their own, and that's fine. But sometimes you have to work at it as well. If this one character is you know sitting quiet and you know, isn't getting all the attention they need and you know that in their backstory they're a folk hero and they rescued a town, maybe they act they run into a merchant who used to live in that town and he he was one of the people who was saved and the reason he's living is because of something that hero did. Have him run into it and give him like a free discount or something. Holy crap! <laughs> it's Cobo! You sent the village for punching the bendelier in the dick. <laughs> uh it has a good point too here. Uh, out of game, ask players to give ideas for the others to experience and rotate it around Ooh. each episode if possible. Oh, that's good. Because the players know more about each other because they're the ones that are actually the, in the game. Yeah, I think that depends on the group because I'm pretty <laughs> sure, like, Brandon, how close yeah. were you ever to any other character? Not you barely knew your own character. 
I knew that my friend was a thieving whore that likes rubies. Yeah. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> Camden, what do you think? Uh, I think you guys hit everything. I I said I had another thought that we could actually probably fashion into a, another DM tip later on, but I'm good. Let's save that. Okay. <laughs> These DM tips are hard to come up with. I feel like by episode 200, I ain't gonna have shit else. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll, I'll put this out there for the patrons, and I might edit it out later. But sounds good. Um, to piggyback off of that, um, as much as like the player thinks it's all about them, sometimes. Um, and it's it's important that the end goal is that everyone has fun, you know, and especially if you're homebrewing stuff and you're a highly creative DM and you come up with all the shit um, to put in front of your players. It's very easy to get sucked into this is my show. I am performing for the PCs. This is my I'm the ringleader of this circus, but it's very easy to get sucked into that. Um, and I guess the point of this, this DM tip is make it special for the other players. You're already the DM. You're already God in their world. <laughs> about them. Yeah, you nailed it. I, I agree 100%. Um, I hate that it's my game. I can do what I want mentality. That's, that, that, it's dangerous. Yeah, it, yeah that's, a, that's another tip we need to talk about. because I, really, I, I have really strong feelings on that mentality. Because so. that mentality will... We'll destroy games as easily as anything else. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So as 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 for this uh, DM tip, spread the love to your 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 uh, your players by finding a way to make them the, have a big significant moment in a game. Set it up for them. Make it happen because it's gonna happen. Not it's not gonna happen on its own that often. So that'll do it for our dungeon master tip. Our player tip of the podcast is don't be a dick. And you can avoid dickitude by role playing instead of rolling to play. Um, so I, I like to say role play, don't roll to play. Um, it's very easy as a PC to get caught up in the mechanics of, ah, I'm going to roll perception on this room. I'm going to investigate that chest. I'm going to roll acrobatics to jump on something. I'm going to roll athletics to kick down a door. Don't think of things in terms of, of roles and your skills. Think more, think more creatively in how your character would react to their environment around you. And instead of saying, um, I'd like to roll perception, I'd like to roll investigation, say, I'm going to take a peek around the room. I'm looking very intently at this. I'd like to rummage through the drawers on this thing. Um, I'd like to see if I can uh, do a backflip, whatever, whatever your character might be doing. Think of it in terms of the actual action doing it. Because in thinking about it mechanically, in terms of roles and skill checks, you are doing extra work. You're doing the DM's work. So focus on, focus on doing what your character would do and let the DM make the checks for you. I think you nailed on almost all that. The only wow. thing that I would like to add to that is that when you roll to play, you don't add anything to the story. By saying I investigate that chest or I investigate the closet or I jump off the roof or I rush through the crowd and, you know, try to find an alleyway to hide in from the guys pursuing me. All those add to the story saying I want to make a stealth check does fucking nothing for the story. 
saying, I want to do investigation stack, does nothing for the story. We've talked about you guys have the power to narrate the story. This is your time. And Camden's right. If you just think that I want to do an investigation check, that is so much less interesting than saying I want to crawl under that uh, that bar and look for any evidence that this guy murdered the lady. And while I'm down there, I might be peeking under a few dresses too. You know, if you're one of those people. <laughs> you know, that that in and of itself is more interesting. So be more interesting. You've got the power. You're like He-Man, okay? You got the touch. That is not where I was going with that, but kudos to you, I suppose. Um, <laughs> Edward Tate says, uh, try to answer all the what-ifs. I always, When I'm a player, there's, there's things that I think of. Who, what, when, where, and why. That's how I keep my train of thought going. If I'm in this room, why am I in this room? What in this room is interesting? Where does anything in this room take me anywhere? Um, you are a room. <laughs> oh god oh god right, anyways so try to keep those questions in the forefront of your mind so that is an awesome player tip thank you very much uh camden i know we've mentioned something similar but i don't think it's ever been an official tip <laughs> just something in passing so your stomach is just a room for food <laughs> um anything else you guys want to add to that no no uh, great yeah. awesome uh well that'll do it for our show today before we close out we have one more gift to give away compliments of jeff stevens It's been a long few days of travel, and the adventurers are tired of eating rations and sleeping on the ground. The road opens to a small town with an inviting tavern. The smells of grilling meat and ale fill their nostrils, and the sound of laughter and music float out the tavern's door. Unlucky for the adventurers, they've stumbled upon Dragon's Breath Tavern. What starts out as a pleasant evening of food, drink, and entertainment soon evolves into an adventure that takes the party into and under Dragon's Breath Tavern. The adventure includes roleplay, exploration, combat, and a dice game called Demon Dice. Oh my god. Camden, who's our winner today? It's me. Woo! Really quick, I actually rolled his name last week, but I saved it for this week because I knew he'd be on. Oh. That being said. He's a patron, isn't he? It's, it's from when I, I subscribed to you. you to it's the, from subscribing, it's, yes. It's not oh, from being right. a patron. Yeah, it's from subscribing. So minus 10 cool points for Ed for trying to be <laughs> a rat. Uh, <laughs> um, so congratulations, Camden. If you enjoy the adventure, please head on over and let <laughs> Jeff Stevens know. Leave a review for Dragon's Breath Tom Tavern. Tell him what you like, what you didn't like, and please to tell him that Crit Academy sent you. <laughs> I will. I'm, uh, I'm rolling with a, with a brand new group in a week, so uh, might might give it a go with them <laughs> next week. Sounds Again. awesome. So congratulations, Camden. Uh, definitely let me know your thoughts when you run it. <laughs> that does it for our show today. Please join us on our next episode where we hear feedback from you, our heroes. We will be discussing how the players need a good hanging. Uh. <laughs> we will be talking cliffhangers. Oh! Okay. Yeah. Well, I thought that was clever, but clearly fucking not even close. <laughs> so thanks, assholes. You could have at least pretended to get it. Just like, oh, okay, I, oh. I get it. No, 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 we got it. it was Are you sure? It's just not a good joke. <laughs> Red versus blue. L-A-I-D spells la- laid. I know, that was just fucking weak. 
<laughs> last week. <laughs> um, so, uh, if you have any feedback on our tips and tricks or topics you would like us to discuss, you can send them to us. I got an email to, from a listener who submitted something, wasn't sure if we took things. We do. Send us on our tips and tricks. Send us your, your magic items. Send us your player tips. Send us your DM tips. Because the more you guys send, the less work I have to do, okay? <laughs> now, I do get a lot of stuff that's already been discussed or is from people that hasn't gotten far enough. So that does happen. I, I can't. I got to filter through that. But send us that, that, those ideas. Camden, how can they send them to us? Why they can email us at critacademy at gmail.com or find us on Twitter or Facebook at Crit Academy. We hope you've enjoyed your experience here at the Crit Academy. If you did, you can help others find the show by leaving a hopefully five star review on iTunes or your platform of choice. Or just send us a message telling us how much you enjoy the show. Also, be sure to give us a like and a share. <laughs> Make sure to subscribe to our uh, make sure to subscribe to our short credit academy. Make sure shut up, goddamn! I'm gonna get it. Make I, sure I, to subscribe to our I got school. it. Yeah. <laughs> make sure to subscribe to our show at CritAcademy.com so you too can be a winner like Camden and all of our previous w- winners. Every week we give away three prizes. There's no reason not to subscribe. I promise I don't spam you with email. Camden, any of you guys? When was the last time you got an email from me? <laughs> I think it yeah. happens like once or twice a year. I think. I was going to say, when when you were like, yeah, you can edit the show. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's the last email. (laughs) For you. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, Anyways. um, So, yeah. uh, Definitely uh, subscribe to our show. We'd love to help you on your future adventures. You can also find our fellowship members uh, there at our website as well. Our Crit Nation fellowship members. D&D Character Lab. Blah, blah. I got to start the other way. Uh, Inner Party Conflict is by far one of my favorite podcasts. I cannot recommend enough. Gabe and Jeff do an awesome job. Uh, I was very happy that they agreed to be part of our Crit Nation Fellowship. Please check them out. Tell them Crit, uh, Crit Academy sent you so that they know that I sent you their way and all that help that they're getting. All that great. Yeah, we're there for you, buddy. No, I'm just going to cut that out. That's just, um, if you, <laughs> if you uh, I can't recommend them enough. Their show is a lot like our Let's Talk About Blank segment where they answer questions every all day long and they got they do a better intro with their magic item they got the dragon's horde segment where gabe always does like these leads into the the dragon's horde and i'm honestly i'm a little bit jealous because it's so smooth and so like professional and we're just like eh. <laughs> and then you can check out D character lab these guys are awesome if you love character building you like a new idea um we do character ideas but it's nothing they build full character sheets and then argue their validity in game um, and they do an amazing job, and it's funny to listen to. We need to go against them again. That was fun. It was they fun. let us win. I am convinced of it. <laughs> there is no way. <laughs> or maybe we're just that good at arguing. That certainly is not <laughs> it. Have you listened to that episode? We're, we're great at arguing. <laughs> uh, they beat our faces in. Like my d- wife does the mallet on the chicken. Just bam, bam, bam. That's not where I thought you were going to go with that, but okay. Yeah, you are into some weird shit. <laughs> you know, your wife doesn't cook for you? What's that like? You will also find our sponsorships there, as well as many other content creators. Uh, a link to uh, Orkin's Lair, the guy's blog, uh, blog, Kurt's blog, is awesome. Always lots of great content. I steal a lot of it <laughs> all the time. As well as um, Game Master Stash, the Facebook group. So check them out. Love those guys. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Brandon. I'm your co-host, Ian. And I'm your editor, Camden. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. Heroes. <laughs>